Have you taken any fun, any fall trips, any watching the leaves turn? Um, no, we've definitely thought about it, but uh, Matthew has a pretty short leash with the Navy. They they have actual rules and regulations, so it's pretty tough. Even, Are you guys doing anything for Thanksgiving? He's he. Um, I think I'm going to be flying home. Unfortunately, I don't think he's going to be able to join me, but I will. I will probably be in Iowa. Nice. I'll be there in December if you're around. Yeah, I'm nervous about the holiday travel. I think, yeah. And I, it's always a shit show. Right, exactly. And, you know, maybe someday, some year, um, you and I can just drive back to Iowa. Oh, I'm in. Well, I'm Bridget. Hey, I'm Molly. And this is Sex with Ghosts. Molly does the research, and I bring the hot takes. It's true. And she also comes up with the fun uh, side projects we have, such as the candy. Well, no, I came up with the draft, but she'd put it into uh, practice with the voting and such. I, I, di- I thought if you're, if you're going to introduce a concept, as com- especially competitive, such as candy, yes. something I'm passionate about um as we probably all saw um leading up to the actual drawing of names i had to i had to create a campaign which if you're listening i won i think the end score was like something like 130 votes for me and like 85 for you i think yeah so that's off the top of my head. it sounds like i made a comeback but it wasn't quite enough but you had like the loudest supporters. So mm. I think that makes you the Trump in this. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> the loudest supporters for like the worst policies. Yikes. I'm horrified. <laughs> uh, but we should announce our winners. Indeed. Uh, I went to a fun uh, pick random names generator website. And the first name that came out was Brad Painter. So Thank you, Brad. Yep, we'll send you some candy. Uh, the second name that came out was Britt Baker. Britt Baker, thank yes. you so much. And you should be expecting some candy. Uh, then the third person we drew, drew specifically from the Patreon names to give them a little extra chance of winning, and that person was Steph Kingston. Steph, our total stan, Steph. Yep, we love her. Check out her podcast. Love it. Love to hate. Or love to hate. Yep. Um, they're on a they're on a brief hiatus right now, but I imagine they will come back. Yeah, check out that back catalog. Oh, the back catalog's good. So I I want to give out a special award for a special person in my life. Um, now this person I think participated. A number of times more than anyone else who participated. And that's because we could, we were obviously tracking it. Um, And that person is my sister, Megan. Now, Megan, you will get a participation award from your favorite sister, Bridget. So I just wanted to say thank you, Megan, for being a supportive sister, having my back making strangers listen to my podcast at your bar. Um, It's ridiculous that your bar is even open right now in Iowa during a pandemic, but you have Governor Kim. So you you probably need this candy more than anyone else. Indeed. And uh, someday, oh, I, I mean, this is a side note, but I really do like that bar. So maybe someday we can when the pandemic's all back over, we can come by again, be celebrities. I know, I know. I'm like, do I go there at Christmas? 
an interesting question. Uh, it's a good bar. It has a patio. I imagine patio will be open. Probably. I'll wear a mask, guys. Yes, I am part of the problem. Um, so, uh, yes, thank you for all for participating. And then we also, uh, as you know, we started up a Patreon. And uh, we have a couple of Patreon rewards to give out right now. Um, if you subscribe at the $5 level, you will receive a shout out from us. We will uh, sing your praises. And this week, that goes to Erica Barnes. <laughs> we also want to thank Erica for, for, well, first for being a Patreon, but also for showing up at our Halloween uh, AMA, which was super fun. And we were very glad to have everyone and answer your questions and uh, hope to see you again. Yeah, Erica, you've been a great supporter. We don't deserve you. So thank you for showing up. It's true. And she has provided uh, some of those gems of pictures that we you might see on Instagram because she's one of our friends from our college years. So you have Erica to thank for that as well. Give it out for college friends. <laughs> uh, in addition, we're going to be uh, shouting out my husband today because he is a, a wonderful person to support his wife on her uh, podcast journeys because, um, you know, he doesn't have to and he still wanted to support he us. He doesn't have to or is he, he a, a patron to make sure you get your cut of Ooh, the, the Patreon funds? Interesting, interesting. Uh, I was thinking more along the lines of, uh, well, you know, he probably... I don't know, because I know a secret uh, about him. He gave up on listening to my last podcast. <laughs> so we'll see how long he, we'll see how long he lasts on this one. I was like, a marital no, secret? No. Ooh. Just a Molly content secret. But thank you, Matthew. You're wonderful. I love you. <laughs> thank you, Matthew. You seem like a very great supportive husband. Yes. Um, just an absolute treasure. Um, and if you want a shout out, join our Patreon. Uh, we have lots of rewards there. We have live streams. We just did our first one. Felt like it was very successful. A lot of friends dressed up Halloween style. Um, didn't want to leave. Hopefully, uh, this didn't take too long. So now we'll be getting into our story for the day. That was a terrible Hopefully transition. You're still listening. Holy shit. Still there. Sorry. Ready for some crazy <sighs> story of some ilk. Okay. Brought to you by Molly McBreen. So I just wanted to give a little bit of an intro. Uh, I wanted to choose something that was not uh, Halloween themed because we've been really heavy on the Halloween. And I was looking down the line, and I saw the name Persephone. And I, Bridget doesn't know this, but I happen to be playing the game Hades, which is a roguelike dungeon crawler uh, by Supergiant Games. And you can play it on a couple of different systems, but I am playing on the Switch. And in Hades, you are playing as um the character uh Zagreus who is the son of Hades and if you know Persephone is the wife of Hades so I thought oh this is very interesting this is related to something I am uh dealing with right now so let's is Persephone his mom or is it like a stepmom situation I, well I believe it's interesting because I'm I'm only like part of the way through the game and he doesn't know his mother because in this story I think it's kind of you know made up um in this story he like he doesn't know his mom and uh Nyx is actually his kind of surrogate mom in the situation it's, it's kind of interesting but I, I've always been a fan of Greek mythology so uh I thought diving to this might be interesting my nephew's into Greek mythology. He does not listen because ah, he is too young. That's good. I'm very glad. I think a little bit later, I'm going to ask Bridget some questions about 
her history with Greek mythology. But before we get there, I'm going to go over the story of Persephone and Hades. Um, and then I'm going to go into the cults of Persephone, uh, which the uh, Lusian mysteries uh, have derived, which you may have heard of. I love a good cult story. It's true. I, and I figured that was probably why you put her name on there. But just to start out, we will talk about Persephone, who uh, whose name is also Kor. Their Greek gods have many different names, as we know. Uh, Persephone was born to Zeus and Demeter, the goddess of harvest and fertility. Persephone was very beautiful and caught the eye of many gods who asked for her hand in marriage. Uh, among those gods was Hades, the god of the underworld. Demeter refused Hades because she was uh, a very uh, normal person. Yeah, I mean, she just didn't think he would make a great match with her daughter. You mean... The guy who lives underground, presumably in the dark, um, like is the shepherd of lost souls Indeed. and make sure that they stay lost. So it's like a shepherd that's not even shepherding, right? Yes, yes. Uh, interestingly enough, that is, that is the main point of Hades is to get out of Hades. But that's besides the point. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm really enjoying yeah, that Let game. me send my daughter <laughs> yeah. to the place that everybody's trying to get out of. Yep. I, I gotta say, I'm kind of on her side. Okay. But, you know, Hades, he doesn't give up. Because Greek gods, what are they known for not giving up? Maybe. <laughs> perseverance. <laughs> yeah. I have, someone says Greek god. First word comes to mind is perseverance. Mm. Uh, so he decides to abduct her as the Greeks do. Uh, she's picking flowers one day in the meadow and the earth opens up and Hades takes Persephone away in his golden chariot. Unfortunately, uh, this is very fast. No one. Wait, so you're saying he has money? Yes. I mean, he is a brother of <laughs> Zeus and yeah, power. If you got a gold chariot, yeah. I might be willing to do well, this. Yeah, well, we'll see about Persephone's <laughs> opinions later, but uh, so Demeter, her mother, wanders the earth in search of her daughter because she has disappeared. Um, she makes a stop in Alysis. See, I might say this incorrectly, and I really apologize because there's a U in it. So I want to use the U, but I think it's just Alysis. Alysis. She makes a stop in Eleusis, uh, which sure. is in Greece, and we will come back to but in the meantime, crops are withering because she is the goddess of harvest and fertility. And she's really sad and distraught uh, over her daughter disappearing. A lot of miscarriages. I ah, yes. It's not, a good, it's not a good time for Earth. But uh, so after a while, Helios, the sun god, uh, feels sorry for the goddess and tells her what happens because Helios, uh, the sun god, is known for seeing everything. It is like, as, as you might imagine, a sun, sun god would be pretty uh, ever-present in the world. Um, so Demeter goes to Zeus and demands that uh, he get Persephone returned or she will not let the earth bloom again. Uh, Zeus sends Hermes to Hades with the command to release Persephone. Uh, but before... Hades can return her, he gives her a pomegranate. Uh, now, Persephone knows that if you eat something from the underworld, you must remain there. It's kind of a... I don't know. Rule. It's her thing. Yeah. yeah. M.O. Uh, and Demeter has apparently told her this. So, she thinks... So if you go to Hades, yes. do not eat anything. Don't, don't eat anything. Uh, but Persephone believes, okay, well, you know what? She's actually, uh, Hades actually treats her really well. And uh, she's, she almost enjoys being her, his wife. I mean, it wouldn't be a terrible thing to be a queen of a 
place, right? You know? Yeah. But be in charge. So so she just tell these lost yeah. souls to get lost. So she decides to eat just six seeds. And she thinks, ah, you know what? I'll be okay. I can go up there. And so she's re- she goes up to Olympus. Uh, she's re- reunited with her mother. But her mother realizes, no, eating six seeds is not okay. You've still eaten something from the underworld. You dumb <laughs> yeah. bitch, Persephone. Uh, I, and yes, uh, Demeter seems like a very uh, controlling, angry mother. But that, that, you know, that's just some of the stories. Uh, Zeus proposes a compromise because Zeus is uh, Hades' brother and uh, Demeter's white husband. So, you know, he's trying to make everyone happy. So uh, for each seed Persephone has eaten, she will spend a month with Hades and then uh, she will spend the rest of her time in Olympus with her mother. So uh, that is the beginning of the seasons because for uh, each month she spends in the underworld with Hades, uh, her mother is very sad and distraught and will not let the earth bloom. But then when she comes back to the surface, her mother uh, allows the flowers to bloom now just to let you know that is a that is the most generous spin on this story there's a lot of other uh stories there a lot of uh misogyny in that story yes yes and and, i mean we can already see that but but i try to spin it the best way i could um in some stories for, for example zeus actually uh sends his daughter away to Hades, so. Uh, you know, it's not great. I don't blame him. <laughs> Living with women is hard, man. Dang. Well, you know, I... I mean, not always. You were you were very easy, great Oh, thanks. I guess I should say that, but I have lived with some women that made you want to jump out a window. You know, I think that's fair because it's... Uh, and some men really living with people just that's sucks. what i was less people exactly you live with say. just get rid of them uh if i was not married to my husband i probably wouldn't be living with anyone so yeah true 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 yeah if i if i didn't have a partner i would definitely be living alone um so back to elusis so while demeter is wandering the earth in search of persephone she arrives in Eleusis, which is in Greece. Uh, she disguises herself as an old woman and cares for Demophon, who is the son of Metanira and the wife of who is the wife of Kelios, the king of Eleusis. So uh, she's caring for the prince, pretty much, and uh, to reward the family for their kindness. Demeter is sets about trying to uh, make Demophon immortal. But unfortunately, to make someone immortal, you have to place them in a fire every night. And uh, his mother walks in on this and is uh, not happy because uh, her son is in the fire. Okay, which is worse? Your mom walking in on you in a fire or your mom walking in on you while you are pleasuring yourself? <sighs> I think the second, you know? Yeah, I, I would agree. I would rather be like, yeah, I'm going in this fire I'm inspired, and I'm yep. going to live forever. What are you mad at? I was thinking about that because my parents are preparing the house for uh, sale. And I was just thinking about all those good times. You're selling your childhood yeah, home? I think so. So. Okay. Uh, wow, wild. But yes, I do have some fond memories of being walked on, in on as a child, so. <laughs> Very embarrassing. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Uh, so Demeter reveals her true identity. I wasn't trying to c- kill your son. I was trying to make him immortal. Uh, classic. Yes. Classic trick. But because you have ruined this... Uh, Ritual, uh, now you must build me a temple in my honor. And so they build her a temple in Elysis. And she also teaches 
Metronira's other son, the art of agriculture. And from him, the rest of Greece learns how to plant and reap crops. So she's So we blame her for the feudal system? I don't know. Um, I mean, or, or, hmm, I don't know. It, I guess she didn't teach him how to abuse. Yes, yes, it's really the just economics exactly, of agriculture. Exactly. Yeah, you went a, a step further than what she really did. <laughs> I Fox Newsed the Greek mythology. Exactly. So, uh, this is now uh, Demeter's temple in. Eleusis. God dang it. I wish I had written down the pronunciation. Words are so hard. Um, and now we get to not the modern era, but we're, we're going to get to the cult of Persephone. And this, uh, this is the cult of Persephone goes on from around uh, 1600 BCE to uh, 392 CE. And um, wait, say that again. 1600 BC to 392 CE. This is the length of a cult? Yes, yes. Okay. So it is. Okay. Because so, like, Jesus, the Jesus isn't even popular. Yep, yep. The idea is there's probably some weird Jesus cult happening simultaneously. But it hasn't turned into like a imperialistic tool yet. Absolutely, I did read some information about that. Unfortunately, it couldn't really weave it into the story. But um, it is really interesting because I just so during this time, it's it's both the Greek, you know, Greek civilization is flourishing, but then also the Romans come into power as well. So it's. It's an interesting time for the for the uh, world, and um, <laughs> very historic. <laughs> it's true. So these rites of Eleusis or the Eleusinian mysteries, uh, which are held every year in Eleusis, Greece, which is 14 miles northwest of Athens, and uh, so these are. So this is in order to honor Persephone and Demeter and um, also to um, induct these people into these, uh, the, the cult, which, I mean, I feel like that's the wrong, I feel like cult has such negative connotations, but I think in, in ancient Greece, it's really more just a, it's what it is, is I heard it be described as a private religion. Yeah, I was going to say it's like, um, it's like, oh, what do you call it? Like when you, like belonging, it's just like a smaller number of people. Yes. It's like yeah. you haven't affected a nation of people, which would legitimize the religion. Right, exactly. It's just a bunch of people who kind of live in the same area. And they're all like, yeah, Persephone, she seems cool. I think I'll hang out with these other Persephone right. folks. Exactly. It is very localized at first. And um, this is very boring, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, they, uh, so the idea is that um, these temples and cult institutions um, are repositories of knowledge and uh, they provide a good sociological role in the idea where instead of um, being super nationalistic or uh, dividing yourself by ethnic boundaries, you are now uh, part of a, a greater society, pretty much. So it's like a welfare program with <laughs> libraries. I could see it like that. Um, interestingly enough, so the cult of Persephone is the the beginning of it, but uh, in the in the height of these Eleusinian <laughs> shit, Eleusinian mysteries, uh, they are uh, it pretty much everyone in the Mediterranean is supposedly they they want to come to participate in these rites. So they are 
which is very interesting because they are secret rituals. And it, if you uh, reveal these secret rituals, you are uh, condemned to death. It is that important for you not to share the rituals. And yet, uh, so all these people, and we don't- I feel like you're describing are. early Burning Man. Yes. Oh my God. Oh. That, like, do you remember way back, and I mean, we we on a timeline of the Burning, Burning Man, we're babies. Yes, yes. But do you remember meeting people who used to go to Burning Man and they would like come back with these stories that were like, look, I shouldn't even be telling you this. That is exactly what in it is. In the desert. Like, yep. now the Burning Man is obviously a joke, but there was a time where, like, the weirdest of hippies would go and, like, come back and tell you the tales of Burning Man. And and that's what these uh, Greek and uh, Roman citizens are doing as well. They're spreading this, uh, in the, the benefits of this initiation and participating in this uh, ritual. So just a little summary of what what they are there are lesser mysteries which occur in the springtime to celebrate persephone's return for, to the earth from hades and then the holy so this is jesus you're you're saying jesus story was actually about i'm sorry i'm just making sure we're all on the same page here this has been going on since before jesus as you said 362 sure. yep, yep. bc or something so there already describing the mysteries which um coincides with the catholicism catholics love to talk about the mysteries so these mysteries are kind of like the original yes catholic mysteries before they stole paganism absolutely okay very true so interestingly enough the lesser mysteries are instituted when Hercules, Castor, and Pollux want to be initiated um, and happen to be in Athens at the time. However, at the beginning, uh, only Athenians were eligible for the initiation because at the beginning it was a very like local kind of thing. Um, so they are made citizens and then they are initiated with the lesser mysteries as a preliminary to get initiated for the greater mysteries. Because they do want to share the the mysteries. <laughs> Everyone loves a good mystery. Yes. Uh, later on, all initiates uh, must be initiated into the lesser mysteries before initiating into the greater mysteries. Oh, I never finished that. So yes, Persephone returns to Earth from Hades. Uh, spring, summer happens. And then the greater mysteries occur when she returns to the underworld. Which is kind of similar to Samhain, right? You're celebrating the end of the harvest, the darkening of the world. It gets thinner. Everything's, everything's connected. Yeah. I would, I would say Samhain. I mean, so we talked about Samhain in terms of a Celtic origin, but like, at that time, so many people were trading and passing information. It took longer. It wasn't like the internet where, like, tomorrow we know what people in Turkey are saying. Right. But back then, because of trading, literally trading between another country state, uh, you also traded your cultures and your cultural origin yes, stories. Yes. So I definitely, it's a deep dive. Hey. It's an episode we could do. Yes. Oh, but yeah. I think there is a definite cross connection between Samhain and um, the Persephone cult. So uh, I, I found information that said all people are allowed, um, including women and slaves. And if you have to say all people are allowed, including women or slaves, that means something. And maybe you should pay attention to what that means. Just saying. Yeah. I might bring this Persephone cult back. <laughs> so, but, however, all people allowed, but you can only attend once in your life. Uh, you cannot return, and uh, you can never reveal the mystery upon... What's this stamp on your hand? <laughs> no, that is last year's stamp, isn't it? Witch! Uh... Condemn this one to death. 
Oh, but sir, no, that's, that's not the stamp. That, that's just a birthmark. No, that's last year's stamp on your hand. I recognize <sighs> the stamp as the bouncer of this festival. You will be condemned to death. No, no, sir, please. I'm telling you, everyone on my mother's side has the same mark. That'd be so sad. But I think um, it, it's interesting because I feel like these illusion mysteries um, kind of evolve. And so I think by the end, you kind of have these people who have attended before and they're like supposedly, uh, you know, they're in a, in a fourth tier of people who have participated before but can participate again it's very very interesting it's very bureaucratic yeah yeah i mean this is over like two thousand years so it's a long time you're gonna have some repeats yeah uh some people live to be 25 and then you're just like yeah i guess you're old you're oh so to prove how important to the greeks this was until the arrival of the Romans, the sacred way, which is the road from Athens to Eleusis, is the only road that wasn't a goat path in all of Greece. The, and, and this road is actually important in the rituals because for the greater mysteries, these are happening in the fall, in September usually, um, the, it starts with a march of the mystai, which are, which are initiates in Greece, I think. And it's a solemn procession where they are reenacting Demeter's search for Persephone uh, when she is lost in the underworld. Once they reach Ulysses, they may uh, take a ritual bath um, and it ends their three-day fast. Now, if you are listening to this and you're like, no, that's not what happens. Well, let me say that there's a lot of people who disagree about this. So I'm just kind of giving you this might happen. Uh, you know, it, maybe, it, <laughs> maybe the rituals changed, and I think that's probably true. But in some, uh, this, this might have happened. So the, but the most important part about the rituals is that the participants uh, rest by the well that Demeter rests by when she came to Eleusis, and then break their fast by drinking the kaikion. So the, the what? Kaikion. How do you even spell that? K-Y-K-E-O-N. And then what does that even mean? What's a kaikion? So it is a drink. Um, there are a few different definitions of kaikion. And I think there's, there is a more of a ritual uh, kaikion. And then there's more of a just like harvest kaikion. And it's just like this drink. Is this this wine? Is, are we just talking about wine? Because no. I feel like there's ritual wine. Well, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's kind of similar to that, I think. It is. Um, uh, so they drink this drink. And then they enter a underground theater, theater called a telestrion. Telestrion. Uh, and this this underground theater can hold a thousand people or more um, and the this is where the main ritual happens and it is comprised of three parts the dromena which are things done the decanumena the things shown and the legomena things said and the combination of these three elements are known as a Apor heda, which means unrepeatable. Oh, this is the secretest secret part. Um, so now I'm going to take a break because we're getting into the interesting part. Before I do that, though, I guess I should probably explain that the most modern scholars believe that a kaikyan is the way that uh, these initiates are ingesting their psychoactive ingredients. So they are tripping down in this underground theater. I'm okay with this. I want to be in this cult. Yes, yeah. No, people people love this cult. Yeah, you got psychoactives. It's seasonal based. Who doesn't love a season based holiday? Everyone does. Everyone everyone does. does. (laughs) But, um, so... I just wanted to know why, what made you put Persephone on this list? What is your interest in Persephone? Honestly, I'm taking, I'm taking a shot in the dark, but 
hearing you talk about the Sawin connection, yeah. I think that's why. I think I was reading about Sawin and was like, oh, it's because, you know, it's leading up to Persephone. Because then you switch in Wiccan teachings. Um, and this is the the gardener varietal. So there's obviously different sects of being Wiccan. Uh, but in the Gardner one, which is both led by a head witch and usually like a male counterpart. So there's like a lord and lady um, aspect to the coven. And when Samhain starts, or right before Samhain, oh man... I want to say it might be Maybon, but I could be wrong and then people are going to be mad, but I'm sorry, guys. I'm, I'm more of a chaos magic type. Okay. There, I said it. Um, but at this time you're doing like, I think it's with the solstice. So I think it's either close to Maybon or maybe it's just the solstice, but you switch essentially. It's like the lady is going underground mm. and the Lord reigns while the ladies underground sort of concept of um that religious idea or uh cult sure i don't want you know what i'm saying i do i do that makes sense to me um do you did did you read greek myths as a kid or eighth grade uh, advanced eighth grade english you had to do the you had to learn the Greek gods. And uh, I was at that time, I have, so like every English class I've been in, I was in high school and before because college English is obviously <laughs> different. You have to actually understand the material. But when you're going to a semi rural school, it's just like, all photographic memory so if you could retain anything that's probably what's going to be on your test and then you don't actually need to understand the context of the material mm. um so i was really good with greek gods because i found mnemonic ways sure. to like remember what each god's name was and what they stood for nice so i excelled I, but now if you ask me a lot of that greek mythology stuff i can kind of guess or know what they did or what their superpower sure, was, yeah. so to speak. But I don't remember the larger context of how they fit in or who screwed who for that birth to literally conceive in that culture. So this brought me back to my childhood as well because I was a huge nerd and I went to one of those learning summer camps where I took a class at a college campus as a little small person, and it was about uh, Greek mythology. So I was it the University of Iowa? No, it wasn't actually. So it was uh, in um, that university, not university college in uh, Solon. Is it Solon? Do you know what I'm talking about? It's not Co. No, um, I can't even remember what it's called now. At, you know, Mount Pleasant? Shoot, I don't know. College. You know what? I don't think it's Solon, but it's close there. Uh, I apologize. I don't remember, but it's somewhere in the uh, eastern Iowa area. Yeah, because Molly's hometown literally yes. is the same as the University of Iowa. <laughs> Which was an interesting thing. So, uh, similarly, what are your feelings on... Um, do you have any interesting stories about psychedelics and if you feel like your experience with psychedelics has any uh, has brought you any um, revelations about God and life? Like, what do you feel about people who do that kind of thing, you know? Okay. Um, wow. A lot of weight here because I don't think I'm, like, out to my family about my psychedelic use and a lot of that stems from like even my own fear of psychedelic use like I growing up my biggest fear was not having control over my mind mm -hmm. and seeing things that weren't there because I've had a family member portray those traits um, who was mentally ill 
but yes, <laughs> I love acid. <laughs> so nowadays, it seems like it's very, well, I mean, I think it always has been, but even more so nowadays, like universities are researching like the mental benefits of using psychedelics. Yeah. There, so the, to give like a very, very, we should, we should do a acid mm-hmm. episode, <laughs> but the truncated history, it's very truncated guys, um, of acid is that its origins are that in a laboratory. Like they heard about psycho, psycho, I'm not going to say it right. Well, psychoblimin. Psilocybin. Psilocybin. I'm trying to say it from memory, guys. I'm sorry. Um, But that started recreating that um, DNA or whatever. It started in a lab. It started in universities. They started testing it on students at, I think, Harvard. Um, and it was happening on the West Coast where they were doing it more recreationally. And then it's a drug that makes people feel good and not, it supports a culture counter in that the, I really think the, or counterculture, Jesus Christ, uh, my brain might still be fried from Halloween, but counterculture being that follow the golden rule, take care of your neighbor you know, invest in social programs so that the next generation and the current generation can thrive. Um, so the history of acid, if you really look at it, it's a very nonviolent, non-harmful one. However, the CIA and the FBI very early on in these creations of these drugs have created a PR campaign that most people have bought into, which is these drugs are harmful to society and they wreck people. And honestly, I think if you talk to somebody who's very anti-psychoactive um, drugs, their stance is so based in the the poor drug campaigning. Mm. Like there's not a there's not a logistical reason why these drugs aren't available. Right. To us. Yeah. I don't. I was thinking about that the other day because it does seem like. Um, it is not, uh, it's definitely, it's not like something you abuse. You're not going to, once you, I mean, hopefully, like once you take acid, you're not going to like want more acid immediately. Yeah, I think, I think for the people who do more acid immediately, usually in my experience of talking to people about acid use, it's teenagers. Mm-hmm. It's people who are like figuring out what their limitations with substances are in general. Um, Timothy Leary, I believe, used acid an incredible amount. But that's also a guy whose like whole life was based on pushing acid on people. Mm, so yeah, yeah. the opportunity to do it and the encouragement to do it frequently are going to be a lot higher than the normal person. In my experience of doing acid, I definitely am like, I only need to do this like once or twice a year. I don't even need to do it, but I enjoy doing it. Um, Most of my tripping experiences are absolutely boring. It's a lot of like, we just hung out and did some acid and hung out. And you, you have incredible conversations and feelings and experiences, but they're, it's like telling someone a dream. It's like, oh yeah then this happened that happened i was feeling this and i think for someone listening to that story it's not like that's incredible it's usually like i don't really know what you're talking about sounds like you're using a personal vernacular or coded language that sounds personal to you and enjoyable for you but is confusing and weird to me yes definitely definitely but i do feel like every time i've done acid um and this, I know how hokey and stupid this sounds because I'm the first person to roll my eyes when someone describes something this way. But I did feel a spiritual connection. Mm-hmm. I did feel like everything was going to be fine. And I felt in touch with visceral thoughts and feelings in a way that I don't know if I could 
personally reach that from a sober perspective, if that makes sense. Definitely. I mean, that's, I think that's what we're going to be talking about with this cult. Cause I, I just have a little bit more about how, the uh, rituals kind of affected the uh, population. Have you done acid? I have not done acid. Um, I have only done um, a few, a couple times, um, and I've never um, really had a trip of worth note. So, um, but I am also like you where I have a deep-seated fear of losing control of my mind. So I don't seek it out all that often. Um, yes. It's because in, in my experience, it would probably be better for me to try mushrooms be, or no, acid because mushrooms are so not regulated, right? Well. So I don't even know what I'm both, taking. Mm. Both really aren't both are really you have to know your dealer trust your dealer like because of the war on drugs which is an absolutely insane war and a drain of the economy and one of the worst things reagan even was it reagan or bush but made up it's a made-up war there is no (laughs) war on drugs that you cannot combat war it's like a racist imperialistic war they made up saying that they're going to save your kids from getting brain damage. Sure. And that's when instead what they should have just done is create safe regulation of these things. Right. And so the interesting thing about reading about the Lucian Mysterian mysteries is that I did not read a single account of a bad trip. And I'm not sure if that's possible. Is it possible that everyone experienced these psychedelic drugs and just all were very happy with their themselves well it's a perspective thing so there there's been studies done to show that even if you have a bad trip like the majority of people who have a bad trip and it's a high majority i don't have the figures in front of me um but the the idea is that it helps you work through something from a therapeutic standpoint so these rare like where they're like he jumped out a window and yeah, he was high right. on acid like that probably happened nine times out of ten to somebody with already a chemical imbalance in their brain sure um and probably using it very recreationally not with somebody which is what i think should ultimately happen mm. i do think we should legalize acid and make it into something ingestible with the help of a counselor. And if people were to make it recreational, then let's make it at safe doses for people who can do it at a Burning Man festival. Sure, like, sure. I get what you're saying. Like, it's insane that instead of using this drug to really could be a pharmaceutical gold mine that we've just decided anyone who does this drug must be like a socialist and they're bad <laughs> and wrong. <sighs> All right. So I'm going to go into, uh, this is kind of boring science stuff. I'll try to hurry up. Um, supposedly the uh, Kaikion recipes, one of them that they found was honey, water, barley, and ergot, which is uh, the fungus that grows on rye and other species of grain. Um, which was, uh, it was a, one of the uh, drugs, not drugs, um, substances that chemists were studying for um, use in uh, medicines for uh, headaches and other, other things. Um, There's a theory that Jesus and they're like he was giving out bread. Oh, the bread had yeah. Ergot okay, in it. okay, that's very interesting. Um, another argument is that the first letter of the Greek words of honey, water, barley, and ergot is mushroom. The the word of mushroom, and so they were just saying they were taking mushrooms. 
Um, it's not even sure that there was a couple varieties of mushroom as well. Uh, some believe it was a psilocybe variety, and then there's also a Amanita muscaria variety. Um, other hypotheses include uh, cultivating psilocybin on bar barley itself. So it's like the mushroom fungus on barley. And then another uh, recent hypothesis includes a substance called DMT, which occurs in many wild plants in the Mediterranean. So it's, there's could be a lot of things. It was a long time ago. We don't really know, but uh, it is probable that they were on psychoactives while in the underground theater. So this is kind of a more, I guess, hypothetical, psychological, um, I don't know, not, not super uh, based in, in facts or anything. But um, so we know that we don't know what happens, what, what the rituals look like, but we do know from the writings from the period uh, what happens to the participants. And um, what the writings kind of say is that everyone who was initiated into these greater mysteries was changed for the better. And they were no long, they no longer feared death. And um, they, they, these visions of the afterlife were so powerful that it changed the way they saw the world and their place in it. And um, this is, I mean, I, I guess we can just say it's related because Persephone is queen of the underworld. So in the same way that Persephone goes down to the land of the dead and returns to the living each year, so every human uh, who dies um, can live again on another plane of existence or in another body. I guess we're back to uh, other cults of Persephone. So there were other uh, locations because at the beginning it was a very local thing. Um, it was especially strong in Sicily and southern Italy. And then it was also across the Greek world where they would have these locations where you could celebrate uh, Persephone and Demeter. And the people would gather in these places for annual festivals to celebrate Persephone's marriage and her picking of flowers, which is a kind of two strange things to celebrate. But you know what? I mean, they... They want their pumpkin spice latte and they're only going to get it if the season's change. I think that's true. I think that's true. Um, Another example is uh, a, a festival called Thesmophoria, uh, which is celebrated across Greece, which is uh, a celebration to uh, Persephone and Demeter, uh, which is exclusive to women. So they, it's only a woman, uh, woman participants, and uh, they sacrifice uh, pigs and mix them, mix the putrefied pig remains with seeds in order to, uh, before the sowing period. The cults, the cults of Persephone were pretty much, uh, what was the word they used? Uh, ended, destroyed um, by the Romans and uh, the coming of the uh, monotheistic religions, uh, Judaism and Christianity. Uh, because it, it's kind of uh, the end of the, yeah, uh, polytheistic societies and the beginning of monotheism. So I think that's pretty much the end of those, those, uh, those religions. And so it was like almost a 400 year reign. No, actually longer than that. It was like almost 2000 years. Wait, what was what was the years? Again? It was sixteen hundred BC. Oh, I I don't know why I thought it was something much less. Than that. Yeah, no, it's a long time. I'm a bad listener. Um, no, I mean I didn't really. Also, it's kind of confusing because when we were in school, we called it BC and AD and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It was like I'm trying to reframe my brain to understand what's going on. 
So almost 2,000 years, this is a cult that's probably at least uh, regionally thriving. And then the Romans come in, and then are the Romans Christian? The Romans are Christians from the get-go? Well, that's the, yeah. See, that's not, so in the beginning, um, the Romans are, I, I did try to figure this out as well. So the Romans kind of come into Greece, and they are, they are, Really, they really admire gr- Greek culture, actually. So they don't like just come in and destroy things like conquering things. But um, so actually for the majority at the beginning, um, most of Christianity is in like all of the old writings are in Greek because that's like e- in the Roman Empire, they were they used all of the Greek, uh, like, you know, the... Well, yeah, they stole, they yeah, stole from right. Greek. Like, they stole... So, there's probably already monotheism happening in Greece before the imperialism of the Romans. And then my other guess would be that the Romans probably became monotheistic because of the Greeks. Yeah. That would be my... Yeah, I can see that. Um, I'd be really wrong, in which case, please email Well, yeah, it's... it's, it's, it's I I definitely don't know my history super well when it comes to this time period and these ideas. Uh, But because the cult of Persephone did, um, at least when it came to the height of the Eleusinian mystery period, it was Romans and Greeks... And anyone in the Mediterranean who would come to this uh, temple and participate. So, and as we pointed out, part of the success of Christianity was adopting in paganism yes, right. into their own mythology. So, I feel like this all makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I think so. And I'm sure there's there's got to be modern day Persephone cults I, or I don't know. Coven's. Well, because I've I've heard that the current uh, location of the Temple of Demeter is a what did they say? I think they said it was a lumber mill or something. So, no, yes, it was really sad. But I thought you were gonna say like shopping mall, no, but I, I feel like a lumber mall is almost or a lumber. Lumber is almost worse than yeah, a mall. Yeah. Is what I'm trying to say. Because like at least the mall is like, oh, you guys used Modern, to come yeah. here anyways. And lumber is just like, just screw everything. We're cutting it all down. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, and also it's just so far be for the modern era. Though I mean, I guess pagan I don't know. Paganism has I feel like more like I feel like reviving Greek gods to worship is a little bit more absurd but i could be wrong i well you're only wrong in that uh wiccans a lot of wiccan mythology goes back to greek mythology well that makes sense. so like when everybody cursed the moon and well then they start talking roman gods but it's kind of similar concept oh yeah where when the moon was, air quotes, cursed, um, all these people came out, like, defending, oh, no, there was Artemis. They were, like, defending Artemis, and they're like, can't believe you would do that to Artemis, and, you know, all right. Apollo's gonna be upset. And, like, people were pulling out their Greek mythology, where you're just like, I had no idea there were this many Wiccans, and this many people who were, like... <laughs> deep in it all right well that's i mean and and i think that perhaps if we were really to look back on it maybe it has just morphed as opposed to really going away um it just morphed into some other things and and unfortunately the temple which was thousands of years old crumbled and maybe it had nothing to do with really a, a a stamping out of the the culture but i don't know it's it might be a con i bet it's a combination you know what? I, a little bit of everything yeah i think so and i i do i personally really like greek mythology so i may do some more episodes 
on it. And if you really hate them, then maybe you should tweet at us or email us at uh, sexwithghost at gmail.com or at sexwithghost underscore on Twitter. Sex with Ghost Podcast. Podcast. Dang it, I screwed it up. Uh, you can find me at Molly M- MM9. And you can find me at Bridget underscore suck it. Both those social platforms. Um, I think Molly was about to say this and I rudely interrupted her, but thank you for listening. Uh, like we mentioned up at the top, we have Patreon. Feel free to join us. We're going to have more live streams. The one we just did last weekend, like we said, was totes fun. Um, And if you can't afford the Patreon, which we definitely understand and have been in those positions before, um, especially financially, I think, um, in our lives, another helpful way you could support the podcast would be to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Um, That just helps create awareness for us. Absolutely. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.